Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the March issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Prosperous Start for Newborn Calves. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-authors, Connor Beeler and Hannah Greenwell, who are both Nebraska Extension Beef Educators. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having us on here. Yes, absolutely. So the focus of the article that you wrote is really about understanding, preventing, and addressing calf scours. And I think we need to say from the start, if this is an issue that you've been dealing with as a producer, make sure you have a conversation already ahead of time with your veterinarian in terms of things to think through, uh, prevention plans, and then also a plan to attack it if it starts to occur. But walk through with us some of the key things that producers need to be thinking about, about calf scours, understanding some of what causes that. And then what are some management practices to do to address it before it occurs? So I think that the biggest thing that we outline, the biggest step that really plays into our favor in the long run is the act of prevention. Um, As with most illnesses in our operations, I think that trying to find those avenues of prevention are going to be able to be the largest payout tenfold um, whenever we think about some of the inputs we have to put in that. With that being said, I'm going to let Connor touch on a few of the different prevention methods. Yeah, so some things that could potentially prevent the spreading of scours through your calves would be vaccinating cows in the last trimester. Um, if you vaccinate for things such as E. coli or rotavirus, Research has shown that these can potentially increase antibodies that uh, show up in the colostrum. So ensuring that uh, the cow gets these um, vaccinations and then also that the calf gets colostrum. Also, you want to ensure a a clean calving environment, uh, whether that's something like the the Sandhills calving method where uh, all of your cows start off on the same pasture and then after the first week uh, those cows who have not calved are moved to another pasture and uh, then this goes on week to week until your calves are all gone. This can provide a, a cleaner calving environment also uh, if you're in more of a confinement type setting to maybe uh, just ensure that you keep those areas clean for the, the incoming calves. Connor, let's talk a little bit more from a more confined calving area scenario. I know for many people, they don't have the liberty or the access to have several different pastures, but some principles here is really about segregating calves by age and doing that pretty quickly after they're born. Uh, You know, we're thinking about a 10-day cohort, so to speak, depending on uh, how many calves are there. So if you're thinking about a calving trap or something like that, Uh, you know, maybe moving cows to another trap, or as soon as those calves are being born, getting them uh, out of that trap. And then as cows are continuing to calve, if we can, getting them to a clean area, a fresh pen where there's not manure load, both from cows and calves, can be another tool that can help us, I think, prevent these calf scours. Yeah, exactly. You know, you want to keep those pathogens away from the youngest calves, um, and keep those babies in a, in a cleaner area. So you mentioned colostrum and the importance of colostrum a little bit earlier. Let's talk about how important it is to get colostrum into these newborn calves and that passive immunity, how important that is to help that calf early on in its life. 
Yeah, so uh, colostrum is really the key to getting the calf off to the right start. Um, you want to make sure that they receive colostrum within the first four hours of calving. So, uh, you know, if, if a cow's having some dystocia problems, this would be maybe a good time to collect uh, her colostrum to ensure that that calf is able to get it. Um, and then after the initial milking, uh, the cow will begin to transition to a lower quality and quantity of colostrum for the next 48 to 60 hours. And uh, so after the first hour also, the calf's ability to absorb some of the immunoglobins across the gut wall uh, will start to decrease. So it's uh, really imperative that you uh, get, get that colostrum to those calves as immediately as you can. Um, because it does contain about two times the amount of dry matter and minerals and about five times more the level of protein uh, than whole milk. And adding to that, I think that understanding that that is a, that's a connection from both sides of the equation. It's a connection from both the calf and the dam picture. And so while that, that cow is going from that colostrum to that transition milk to that whole milk, she's decreasing necessarily the nutrient density of that milk. Additionally, the gut wall of that calf in that first 24 hours, those immunoglobulins that we talk about so much are, are naturally a really big uh, protein in size. And so that gut wall is designed to absorb those larger proteins or those larger nutrients across that gut wall in the first 24 hours. As that calf starts to mature and interact with its environment, you see that gut wall start to close down just a little bit. So you're not able to transfer that as well after that 24 hours. And it's almost completely closed at 24 hours. And so making sure that we understand why from both sides of that equation, we're able to better manage that situation and ensure because when that calf hits the ground, clean slate, absolute zero immunity, basically, because unlike humans, they're not gaining any immunity in utero. And so everything happens postpartum. And so that transfer of passive immunity through the colostrum from the dam is so critical in that first 24 hours, because that's where we can really start to set up that success for later down the road when we start having pathogen challenges that do lead to some of those scours outbreaks. Let's talk a little more about the different types of scours. There's a lot of different agents that can cause scours. And I think as producers start to suspect maybe I've got a scours issue. Again, this is a situation where I think you want to get your veterinarian involved pretty quickly to identify what kind of scour scenario am I dealing with. Uh, talk a little more about some of that and just maybe an approach to if we're starting to get into that situation, how to act and uh, be proactive so we're not getting behind. So I, 100%, that vet client-patient relationship is, is so critical in this scenario. I think that um, it's, it's one of the more inclusive systems approaches that we have to take on our operation because, because it is like there's, you have operations who always fight scours or they've historically seen issues with scours and, and made changes and pivoted to be able to get away from that. Um, and one of the things mentioned in the article is uh, being able to identify that sick calf so early on um, so that you're really, you're, you might be saving yourself from hauling that calf to town to the vet. Um, so being able to identify when that calf is sluggish um, noticing when those cows, uh, maybe have their bag not being, uh, emptied as often. And so you're, you're really noticing that that calf isn't getting up to nurse that cow, just the droopiness, just the sluggishness, being able to identify those things in a calf as early as possible 
and, and, and as early in the outbreak as you can, because if you get those one, two, three, four, five calves um, treated as quickly as possible, you're preventing that, that repeated shedding happening so that you're affecting the entire calf crop that is in that, that cohort, um, which goes back again to that sandhills calving system of trying to get them, keep them in that age cohort and then keep them on clean ground as much as possible, as much as your, your resources and your operation allows. You know, I think one of the greatest challenges for calves with scours is dehydration. And so uh, being aware of that, being understanding with your veterinarian, what's a good approach for fluid therapy? What should that fluid therapy look like? Uh, when do you need to ask, you know, ask for their assistance when you move from a place where uh, maybe an esophageal feeder is no longer adequate and we're looking at an IV type situation. So as you mentioned, Hannah, again, I think that veterinarian client patient relationship, uh, understanding uh, what the expectations are, and just uh, again, being prepared because when these calves crash, it can happen pretty rapidly. And so uh, that point of time where, boy, that calf looks a little tough to, ooh, we're in big trouble, can be a pretty quick scenario with a scour type situation. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight as we point towards wrapping this up? I think the last thing I would I want to add is just that making sure we see that, that calf for what it is. And what I mean by that is understanding that, yes, it's a ruminant animal, but treating it truly as we start to try and set it up for success, understanding that at birth, that animal is 60% abomasum, as opposed to uh, at 84 days of age, we're looking at an animal that is 85% ruminant. That is the entire makeup of their, their digestive, their ruminant stomach. And so as we understand how that calf shifts from being 60% abomasum to 85% rumen, we have to manage them accordingly. And that nutrition really is, it's, it's a great start to be able to keep those calves healthy and get them off to the right start from colostrum to them starting to digest some really good forages while still on the dam. So keeping that in mind and forefront, I think can help us be, be pretty successful this, this season as we go into looking at having our calf crop on the ground. Connor and Hannah, thanks for joining me today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us on. Yes. Thanks for having us. So for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. Again, the title of the article that we discussed today is A Prosperous Start for Newborn Calves. Also at the Beef website, there are additional resources on this topic.